Welcome back to the John Lavero Actualized Podcast. I'm your host, John Lavero. Let's get right back into it. So today I wanted to go over a couple of topics, some of them sent in by some people on social media. And if you ever want to hear me discuss anything, that's a great way to get that into the podcast is just let me know on Instagram or Facebook. First topic of today is pre-show routine. Just like an athlete or anyone else that's getting ready for some sort of major event, uh, musicians usually have a pre-show routine. And that probably looks a little bit different for every musician and every band, but I'm just going to go into what I do and what we do in the Higgs before a show. First things first, like I can, I can just kind of take you through the day. Typically, we would be on the road, not during the pandemic, obviously, but typically would be, we would be on the road. And generally speaking, we would get into the town that we were going to be playing at at around maybe two o'clock, something like that. Noon to two, I would say. And then by around three to five, I would say is uh, usually the time that we would start loading in the gear, getting it into the venue. Sound check could be, you know, anywhere from like five to seven, something like that. If the show's at nine o'clock. We get the gear in, we set it up on stage, and then as soon as everything's set up, like the instruments, the amps, the drums, everything, lights, all that, then the sound engineer can come and start micing stuff up, putting mics on drums, guitar amps, DI the bass amp, DI the keyboards that need it, mic up the keyboards that need it, so on and so forth. At that point, we're going to start playing some songs to not only rehearse and get ready for the show, but also to check the levels and make sure that the sound is all good. You know, say we're doing 15 songs that night. We have 15 songs on the set list. There may be a couple that we haven't gone over in a while, something that we're digging back up that might be a little older that we're trying to bring into the set list. And those songs can get worked out during sound check. We come in and sound check is usually like pretty like let's get some stuff done. It's pretty fast paced. It's like all right, next song, next song, next song. You got enough guitar? All right, let me let me bring that up a little bit. Let me bring this down here. Let me do this blah blah blah. A lot of adjusting. Uh, it's a very detailed and very important part of the show because if you go into the show having good sound, you're going to have a better overall experience. If you have lackluster sound coming out of your wedges or in your in-ear monitors, things can be a, a bit of a struggle. And that's usually a good time. Like, so let's say we finish up sound check at like 5.30, something like that. That's usually a pretty good time to go and get some food. Because if shows showtime's at nine, you don't necessarily want to be lugging around a full stomach at nine o'clock when you're going in to play the show. Let's say sound check ends at 5.30, I'm immediately going on Yelp. And I'm checking out the local area to see what kind of, you know, decently priced, high quality foods are in the area. Especially if the venue is not feeding us, because oftentimes the venue will hook it up with some food and some drinks and things like that. And that could be the time when you could just go into the green room, order something to the green room, hang out there and really get relaxed and really get your head straight for the show. If it does end up being that the venue doesn't have food, and we have to venture into the city to go find something, I'm always down for that. I'm always down to 
you know, go check out the dumpling spot down the street or, you know, the, the chicken fried steak or like, you know, um, chicken and waffles or barbecue, depending upon what region we're in, there's going to be different options for food. And I always like that. I always like to experience the different options of food that they have in different regions. So if we are in the South, you know, I'm going to be going for a lot of like barbecue, fried chicken, sides, things like that. You know, if we're on the East Coast, say we're in Philadelphia, you know, I'm going to be trying to find me a Philly cheesesteak. Uh, New York, pizza, Chicago, pizza as well, but deep dish. You know, depending upon what region you're in, you can make some pretty good choices about what food you're going to eat that evening. So obviously I'm passionate about food and I could probably just do an entire episode on food by itself, but that's not what we're talking about solely today. So, you know, we go get some grub. We um, can socialize a little bit with the bandmates and just kind of joke around, maybe keep planning the set list, maybe make some adjustments or some changes to it um, because we maybe we're working some song out during the, the uh, sound check and we're like, ah, it's not happening. Let's put this one in instead. At that point, come back to the venue get settled and just try to relax and mellow out. I don't like to be too crazy social before the show because it just kind of takes me out of the zone that I want to be in. I try to get very, I try to get very lined up with what I'm trying to do that evening. So I'm not, I'm not going out before the show too much and like conversing with friends and all that. I usually try to save that for set break and post show. So, you know, we, uh, we're, we're getting all set up and we're, we're basically getting relaxed and getting our head straight for the show. That's probably about an hour before the show is when I'll bust out my guitar and just start warming up, just start noodling on, uh, you know, scales and warm ups and start practicing songs that we're going to be playing that evening. But, you know, just by myself or ideally we would have like some sort of minimalist practice set up backstage, small drum kit guitar, bass, keys, all that. So we could warm up like literally right before the show in the green room. So at that point, it's like we're getting ready for the show. And that's when more of the mental preparation is coming in. We've gotten the physical out of the way for the most part. We've lugged in the heavy gear. We've plugged in all the amps. We've done all the dialing in of the knobs and all the sound checking and everything like that. All the heavy lifting is basically out of the way. And we want that. We want it set up to the point where we can just walk out from the green room, walk on stage and just start playing music, you know, plug it in and go or pick it up. It's already plugged in and go. Like I said, at this point, you know, about an hour before the show, it's more of a mental preparation. The physical is out of the way getting warmed up on guitar, getting the fingers nice and loosened up. And I'm kind of just trying to keep my thoughts positive. There's a lot that can happen like right before you go on stage and fear is a big deal. Nervousness, anxiety. You know, one of the the worst feelings of uncomfort and nervousness is probably being unprepared. And we've all gone through this. You know, if you're not prepared, it's hard to be confident and it's hard to be in the moment and not outside of the moment and outside of your head thinking about other things. So what do I mean by prepared? I mean, with as being a musician, it 
it's knowing the material, really. If you haven't brushed up on the material lately, if you aren't like very tight with the songs that you're playing, it, it's not going to be good for your head if you're messing stuff up. So one of the major, major things to get in the zone and just feel really good and feel really confident and kind of minimize that stage fright is to be super prepared. Even though we might play some of the same songs after a few nights, we might throw them before a different song or after a different song and the segue might be different. So there's always a variety of things that we're doing, even if it's with the same material. So just knowing the song sometimes isn't even enough. It's like, how do we get into the song? How do we get out of the song? So to mitigate that fear should absolutely be prepared going into the show. It just makes you feel a lot better on stage. But even if you're the most prepared you've ever been, you've been rehearsing for weeks leading up, you know, nervousness is still a thing and stage fright is still a thing. Anxiety is still a thing and it can still pop up. I can still get on stage sometimes and know the material so well and feel so confident in my ability to play the music, but still sometimes struggle with a little bit of stage fright. You know, you get up there and uh, everyone's looking at you. Things just stop working sometimes. Like your hands aren't doing the things that they were doing in practice. And that's just all nerves kicking in. A, a really good way to kind of push that off to the side is being very present and taking deep breaths while on stage. Pre being present is probably the most important thing because especially as a musician, you can so easily just get lost in the music or get lost in the crowd, get lost in the experience. But if you stay present, uh, it, it really does help to calm the nerves. And now when you get into that flow state, when you're like in the zone and your brain kind of just shuts off and things are just moving very well and you're playing very well, your chemistry with the band is spot on, on point, then those are some of the moments where you could kind of like take a, let the brain take a back seat and let the energy of your consciousness and the consciousness of the room kind of take control. But if you're nervous and having stage fright, things like that, it's just really um, harder. It's harder to, to, to vibe. It's harder to get in that zone. So, so to mitigate fear, you know, take deep breaths, practice, man, practice, be prepared. I think that's so key. And, uh, I mean, what does that look like? What does practice look like for, for me? Um, well, when it comes to guitar, I try to learn new music as much as possible. So I try to learn a new song every day. I try to pick up the acoustic and look at a tune that I enjoy, maybe that I've loved for years that I just haven't gotten around to learning yet. And I try to pick it out. I try to pick out the chords and see what kind of cool variations on the chords that the guitar player is doing. Um, I try to break down lead parts. Sometimes I'll do like a guitar solo, like, like I'll take a Jimmy Herring solo and I'll watch like a specific part of it, like a minute of it for you know, over and over again, I'll watch it, maybe slow it down to like 50% and break down every single note that Jimmy Herring is playing in that solo. And, you know, maybe in an hour or two, I can 
play that <laughs> one minute of what Jerry, Jimmy Herring is doing. And when you do that, when you take music that you're into and you, you love the style, you love that influence, learn it. If you learn that person's exact notes, note for note, even if it's a segment of something, that is going to influence your playing. So for example, for the other, uh, for example, the other day I learned a Wilco tune. Um, yeah, it's called Impossible Germany. And I've heard the song a bunch. And normally I would listen to this song by Wilco as the full band. But the other day I was checking out Jeff Tweedy's solo performance on KEXP and he does a version of this song. And I started seeing him do these chords and I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize that's what was happening underneath all the other layers of music. That's the foundation is these beautiful chords that are not conventional. They're a little bit out there. And that's a great example. I was like, what is that? Why does that sound so cool? Let me learn how to do that. I'm going to figure it out. So I sat down and I watched that video of Jeff Tweedy playing just over and over again, looking where his fingers are, looking, you know, how he's strumming with the right hand, right hand, left hand, both very important. And from there, I just kind of broke it down part by part, you know, verse, chorus, bridge, and learn the song. And now I have those cool chords at my disposal. And that's really what music is, is it's a bunch of borrowing. It's like Jeff Tweedy goes and listens to a bunch of different styles of music. And then he tries to write a song that resembles what he's been listening to. And he creates something that becomes unique and that becomes original. And then with his influences, he's created something. And then now I'm looking at that from a different perspective, taking ideas from his ideas that were from other ideas and other influences in the past. And now I'm creating something with it and it's keeping the legacy going and it keeps everything flowing musically. And this is how evolution happens in music. Hearing a piece of music that you would love to be able to play and learning how to play it on your own. You know, there's always tutorials. Like if you want a quick fix on YouTube or something like that, you can, a lot of popular songs will have a tutorial video of a guy showing you here, put this finger on the third fret and strum up, down, up, down. Like that's cool. And that actually is very helpful and can kind of fast track you to knowing the song very well. But the value in listening to music and trying to figure out what note everyone's playing on your own and then doing it and then actually playing the song, that's so much more valuable and that's such a skill to have um, that I would push any guitar player, any musician to try to develop that skill. Because not only is it going to help you learn songs way quicker on the fly when you don't have those resources like lessons and tutorial videos, like say you're just playing with a local band or something and you know, none of their material is going to have tutorials. Not only is it going to make it easier for you to learn those songs, but you're going to have ideas of your own that are, that are going to come out much easier too, because you're not just like being told what to do. You're actually internalizing what that musician's doing and you're transitioning that into your own work. And when you internalize what that musician's doing because you've broken down every little piece and then put it all back together, your understanding of how to achieve these types of sounds is just going to be 
so, so much better. Transcribing is super, super important. Also, just staying up to date on your material, making sure that the songs that you're playing with your group are tight, okay? Because you could be the most skilled musician in the world if you don't know the chord changes of a certain part or if you don't know that the hit is on the two in this one part, you're going to miss things and things are just going to fly right by you. You could be the most bad player on the face of this. You could be so sick and your improv skills could be like on another level. But if you don't know the material, you're going to struggle through the songs and people are going to notice. Like, And that's the funny thing is like a lot of musicians try to say like, oh, yeah, you're going to mess up and people aren't even going to really notice it. But yeah, they do. Because, I mean, especially in the, the the scene that the Higgs are in, shout out, you know, people take note to those things. I, I've literally seen, like, notes on Facebook, like, oh, Lavero messed this part up right here. Or, like, oh, Lavero didn't play the solo right. Or, like, this and that. Dude, that's real. So, you know, being, re- well, being very rehearsed and, like, on your game is important and it's noticeable when you're firing on all cylinders and things are just happening. And I think improv ends up being better when you're well rehearsed during the song. Like if you know the song, well, when you get to the jam section, your confidence is going to be up here. Cause you just like, you're like, yeah, we nailed that. And then that, that gives you that much more influence and it inspires you that much more to make that jam epic if the song was epic, you know? So make sure you're tight on your own material. Go over the songs. It's, 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 it's self-explanatory. It's like, you don't even need to be told this, but it's just like, know your songs. Know the songs that you're going to play. If you're playing a cover, here's my advice for learning a cover. First thing you should do is learn it note for note. So if you're the guitar player, for example, you want to listen to that guitar part over and over again and get it note for note. And I'm talking to the point where you can play along with the album. And this saves time too when it comes to rehearsals. So say you're in a band and you're like, okay, for this next month, we're going to learn three covers. We're practicing them all at next week's practice. And we're going to get them down that day. If everyone has been you know, like rehearsing that song and playing it along to the actual track itself. You literally can walk into practice, go one, two, three, pow, doom. And everyone's in on that one. They're playing the song together because they practiced it along with the album. You're playing to the same exact track you should be able to just walk into rehearsal and play that track together as a band with zero rehearsal. Does that make sense? So if you, if you can sit there with your guitar and play along, say it's a three minute song from zero seconds to three minutes and you play every note, every chord, strum it properly, pick it properly. If the bassist is doing that at home, if the keyboard player is doing that at home and the drummer is doing that at home, y'all can come together to rehearsal and practice the tune right off the bat. First take. I'm, I'm serious. This is the way to do it. So learn it note for note. Play it along with the band note for note. Then if there's like obvious like changes you could make, like cool adjustments um, that you could maybe 
pull in some of your own influence and make the song your own a bit, by all means go for it. But at the start, it's cool to just play it as it is. And it's going to lock you in. It's going to make it so you're really, really understanding what's going on in that song. Where are the chord changes? Where are the solos? Where are the licks? Where are the riffs? How do you play them? And that's so important because oftentimes the other parts of the song are the reason that that part sounds so good. So if you change it, it might not be as effective. So like the bass line complements the guitar line, which complements the drums and vice versa. And it all comes together to create this beautiful experience. So if you learn it properly, you're going to get more out of it. One of the best bands at doing this is Umphreys McGee. Umphreys McGee can replicate the sound of a cover very, very well. Almost to the point where you're like, is this even a cover? Like this sounds exactly like the band. Brandon Bayless has awesome vocals. He can do a really great job of making it sound like the band that they're covering. And man, just the musicianship, they all learn the parts, man. They all learn all those parts. They put it all together and it just sounds phenomenal. So great example of learning covers and getting covers really tight is Umphreys McGee. And if you haven't checked them out, you should check out Umphreys McGee. You know, we just did a live stream. It was phenomenal. It was so fun, man. I mean, things have been so up and down and touch and go. And it's like, oh yeah, we're going to open things back up and shows are coming back and Phil's opening up Terrapin. The Higgs are playing the Wayfair and then it all gets shut down again. And you know, understandably so things are a little bit dicey right now, I would say a little dicey, but we did a live stream, very safe where we were all six feet away from each other. The crew was wearing masks in the room because they were a little bit tighter. They were closer to each other. So they're wearing masks and Oh, it was so fun. And it was such a great experience. So yeah, bridge family studios, it's over in Burbank, huge shout out to Nathan over at bridge family studios. Can't say enough good things about him and his establishment. We're going to be doing a monthly live stream from there. So every second Thursday of the month, we're going to be doing a live stream and it's really live. It was so it was so great to get in the van and drive to a venue with the boys and like pull the gear out and get set up. And it was like day one of tour day one of tour. You're so fresh. You're well rested. You've been sleeping at home in your bed with your family and you're just a hundred percent, you know? And then, you know, when you get into like day 30 of tour that could change slightly because of lack of sleep, late nights, the whole thing. So it was like day one of tour. We're all psyched driving down to Burbank. We get down there, you know, just like, what do they got to eat? You know, did the thing, you know, we load in, we uh, set up all of our gear and then it's like, what am I eating, man? There's a pupuseria right down the street here. I'm going to go get me a pupusa, you know, grub down, you know, we got a nice head space going on there. Everyone was feeling really, really good. It was really, really fun. And man, just to play music and, uh, at a great production value too. I mean, we got multi-cam moving camera angles, zoom in, zoom outs, cross fades. I mean, it's, it's the real deal. So every second Thursday of the month, 
on the Bridge Family Studios, I believe, Facebook page and YouTube page is where we'll be live streaming. Check it out, man. I think bands like Turquoise have done it and some other cool bands. But I think it's mainly going to be something to accentuate the Los Angeles music scene, something to present these L.A. bands, L.A. jam bands, things like that. You know, I'm, I'm positive and I'm, I'm happy right now and I'm willing to just keep pushing forward and make it through these really weird, interesting times that we're living in right now and just try to make the best of it and just try to manifest positivity and try to manifest good energy so that when this whole thing passes, we're, you know, we're taking things to the next level and, and we're set up for that. And I think we're in a good place right now. Thank you for tuning in to the John Lavero Actualized Podcast. You can check me out on Instagram, John Lavero. Go check out my musician page on Facebook. Podcasts will be on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. So be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for tuning in today to the John Lavero Actualized Podcast. We'll see you next time.